Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. Tonight we have an awesome hard rock band coming on named Burn River Burn. And we're going to do a nice introduction for these guys, but before I bring them on the air, I just want to introduce everyone to my show. Uh, John Patterson, the vocalist, is going to be calling in tonight to do the interview, and he's going to be one of the amazing artists slash bands that I've had the honor and pleasure of interviewing on my show. On my show, people can hear bands such as Cabo, Ten Years, Tremonti, Trivium, Six Puppies, Lacey Sturham, Dead, Otherwise, Red Sun Rising, Shaman's Harvest. And the list goes on. So before I bring him on, I wanted to just let people know about the concept of this show. I started it several years ago with the idea in mind to create a forum where I could bring people on in the entertainment industry. I predominantly interview um, musicians and artists, but I've also had comedians on my show, filmmakers on my show to help them support themselves, get their name out there. We know how difficult and challenging the entertainment industry is today, especially with the induction of social media and how things have uh, unfortunately changed dramatically over the years. So I created the show, as I said, to um, create an interesting forum to bring people on and do a really in-depth interview. Um, one of the things I really take pride in is doing a lot of research on my artists and asking some interesting questions. I don't want to reinvent the wheel and uh, do, every, do something similar to what's already out there. About my background, I do have a background, a doctorate degree in psychology, but I also throw out there all the time that my show is an entertainment show. This is not a show where we do any type of therapy or, or diagnosis. Um, occasionally, we might talk about some concepts in an educational format if it comes to that. Um, but again, my show is purely entertainment. So if you're tuning in, create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And if you want to call in tonight, the number is 805-243-1320. So let's do a nice introduction for Burn River Burn, and then I will bring John on. These guys are interesting, and I'm going to ask John about this tonight. These guys originate from various areas. I saw that some of them are from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, they're currently based out of San Francisco, California, so they're definitely coming from diverse uh, backgrounds and areas. These guys really have a unique and eclectic sound, and that's something that really captured my attention when I listened to the album Newstonia that we will be promoting tonight, and it's currently out now, so pick a copy of it up. Um, something that really makes them stand out to me personally is they're really combining lots of elements of rock and post-grunge and blues and even some southern rock or classic rock you can hear in there. So really, it's a diverse, uh, eclectic sound that's really going to appeal to the masses, at least I think so personally. In 2011, they released their self-titled debut album, and uh, after signing recently with Pavement Entertainment, they followed it up with their sophomore album, as they mentioned, which is titled Newstonia. We're going to feature the hit single tonight, Thanks for the Ride, uh, which is accompanied by a music video. So let's do this. I want to thank Barbara uh, Papa George. I always thank the people that I work with for Pavement, for setting up this interview. She's amazing to work with, and I've done many interviews with art artists from Pavement Entertainment. So let's bring John on. Hey, Hello, John, my how are you? How oh, are you? Good, thank you. Good. Good. Thanks, thanks for coming on tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Cool, cool. So, uh, yeah, let's do this. I always like to start from the beginning a little bit and learn a little bit about who you are growing up and as a kid. And 
then we'll dive into, of course, how you got involved in music and, of course, promoting Burn River Burn and all the amazing things you guys were up to at your new album that was just released. So tell me a little okay. bit about, John. did you grow up in San Francisco, California? And I know we'll talk a little bit later. I know some of the band members are from Ohio. But tell me a little bit about where you grew up and, you know, you, how would you describe yourself as a kid? Uh, well, I grew up in Philadelphia, actually. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> just on the just on the outskirts of Philadelphia. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, music kind of started with uh, forced piano lessons. Okay. At the age of How at the age of you? seven, seven okay. years old. Yeah, it was something okay. that um that I had to do. I had a little little egg timer, and I had to um, make sure that I practiced for at least thirty minutes a day. And I absolutely hated it at first. And um, John, was this your mom, your dad, both of your parents who? And why the piano? If you had to play, for example, an instrument, was there a particular reason the piano? I mean, I think we were lucky enough to have one in the house, but I think it was something okay. that my father thought um, a kid should uh, should practice an instrument as part of their upbringing. Um, but after after a while, I want to say after like maybe two years, it started to become really fun. And it became because uh, of everything I do. That's cool. That's cool. So that's interesting. Like you said, something that you were kind of, you know, kind of gritting your teeth. You didn't really want to do it. Became something that you were very passionate about. Mhm. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. And in addition, just to you know, just to pull some other interesting things in about you as a kid, were you someone who was interested in any type of sports? Did you play any sports, or were you mostly focused on music growing up? I was definitely definitely into sports. I think probably as a youngster and a teenager, sports seemed more important to me than music did. Um, I loved baseball. I played um, soccer and I played squash. Um, and yeah, I was I was pretty active. I also was into mountain biking. Loved to be running around. I think um, yeah, I think music started to change later in high school when um, all the, the kids were forming, were forming bands. And I formed my first band with, uh, with a friend of mine. Okay. And um, so we'll, we'll definitely delve into that. So like you said, you're combining, it sounds like, playing piano. You're interested in playing in a lot of different sports growing up as a kid. And um, what was I going to say real quick? I just lost what I was going to say. Were any of your family involved in entertainment or the music industry? Uh, my father definitely, um, yes, he was, uh, he's always been like a, a low level actor, like enjoyed, okay. um, being in local, local productions, plays, things like that. Um, did a lot of Shakespeare. Um, so I would, I would go sometimes with him and, um, I was actually in one play with him when I was seven years old, which was fantastic. And I remember and getting what, to spend. What play was that? I think it's, um, I think it was Galileo by Bertolt Brecht, I think. Okay. And what was I your what was your part? What did you play? Uh my <laughs> yeah, my part was just a, a little a, a basically a it's called boy in the play and I had I think two okay. lines. Uh yeah, it wasn't okay. wasn't too much. Yeah. Okay. But that's cool. So to hear, like you said, definitely acting, you know, that type of stuff definitely seems to run in your family. What about your mom? Was she involved in any type of theater or music? Not so much. 
my mother also passed away when I was quite young. Uh, she was very supportive. Oh, that's okay. She was very supportive of the of the music, um, okay. and just me in general. But uh, but growing up, uh, she didn't have too much influence. So. Okay, okay. And any siblings? Do you have any brothers or sisters? And what do they do for a living? So I have an, I have an older half brother, uh, who was also forced to practice the piano, but it didn't stick with him. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure what his job is, but like we can just say okay. uh, we can just say biz- businessman. Businessman, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone? Any um, or just uh, half brother? Yeah, I have a I have a younger brother, six years younger, and um, I guess when right around fifteen, sixteen, I started taking jazz piano lessons. I went to um, went to some kind of conservatory and tried out for some teacher that would have taken me to the next level with classical piano. And um, he said I wasn't, wasn't going to cut it. And oh. to be perfectly honest, I was, I was fine with that because I'd never really thought of the end game of doing music in, in general or classical music. So it was kind of actually refreshing. Uh, I mean, at first, obviously, I was a little hurt. I was like, what do you mean I'm not good enough? But then really sure, quickly... Sure. Really quickly, I decided that I, I, well, I hadn't really been trying to become a classical pianist anyway. So it gave me the opportunity to explore some other things, and I took some jazz lessons. And I think right around that time, my brother was probably, oh, probably eight or nine, and he really got into the piano, and he really ran um, with the jazz music. He's a professional touring jazz pianist now in New York City. Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations yeah. to him. Awesome. Very cool. So you got the two siblings, so he's also pursuing music. Your dad has some acting in the uh, myth there. So as you said, you're then getting into high school and, and start to transition a little bit in. And like you said, maybe it was a blessing in disguise that the jazz piano stuff wasn't in the card, so to speak, for you, because it definitely took you in a direction that was probably more suited to, you know, what your talent is. I think so. I also was really into um acting in high school too um, okay. and, and did, did that as much as I could but yeah I think it, it was great I was I felt freed up from this um, I don't know I mean I guess I wasn't didn't feel like I was in um, in jail or anything but I wanted to explore different ways of expressing myself with the with the keyboards and then when I had an opportunity to form a band with a high school friend um, I did it immediately and it was it was great great how old were you about when you formed the first band uh, my memory's pretty bad but i'm going to say probably That's 15 okay. 15 or 16 <laughs> okay and were you when you started playing piano like you said at around seven ish years old were you also singing at that time when did you start to let's you know bring that in a little bit when did you start to get involved in singing was it something you always did or something that came a little later so singing would have started probably, I think I was, I was pretty lucky to go to the high school that I did. And um, arts were, were mandatory. Uh, at least one school musical a year. Um, and I think you had to be in, in chorus. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't like heavy duty, but everybody was, mm-hmm. uh, was forced to be exposed to doing some kind of singing. So I did, I did chorus in high school, and then I was in a couple of musicals. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I did get a, I did get an early start to it. Um, 
my father at the same time was also taking opera singing lessons, which I thought was uh, hilarious um, (laughs) because, because, well, because he wasn't, he wasn't very good. Oh, okay. But I remember, I remember that every, it seemed like every other day he came and told me, oh, I finally have learned how to breathe properly. Mm-hmm. Which is a which is a big thing when you're especially when you're singing opera, you sure. need a lot of a lot of air. Um, so I think that was that was one thing that stuck with me when I started singing for real. Um, I guess that was probably in college, and I remembered what he said about how many times he showed me how to get more air into your uh, into your diaphragm to use. Right. Right. So did he, with your dad, did he ever pursue anything further with the opera stuff? Or as you said, it was just something he was trying to develop? I think he was just enjoying it for himself. He'd already, he was already retired, and, and he, he okay. enjoyed it very much. Um, but he okay. gave up after a little while. Okay, okay. What, what did your yeah. dad do for work outside of, like you said, doing some theater and acting? He worked for a pharmaceutical company. I think back then oh, it was called okay, nice. Smith, Klein and French. I think now it's oh. called GlaxoSmithKline. Yeah. Right, 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 definitely. Okay. So as you said, you're you're really getting involved throughout your early years, through high school. Where did you end up, um, where did you go to college? I went to the University of Rochester, upstate New York. Okay. And what were you, were and, you majoring in? I'm sorry? Music there? No, I didn't. I didn't really have a, I didn't really have a plan. I was not prepared to go to college. Um it was something that, you know, I knew I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, but I didn't have a plan. So, you know, the first two years I, I did a little Russian language. I did some history. Um, sorry if that's coming from the other line. Um, okay. And, yeah, and then um, I, didn't, I didn't really have a focus. I ended up actually having a um, – a massive cyst in my kidney after like midway oh, through my okay. sophomore year, which was fine. It was not cancer or anything, just a cyst, and I got it taken out. And the recovery from that changed me uh, dramatically, and I actually didn't end up going back to school after that. I stayed, wow. I stayed in Rochester, and I stayed. I just okay. got a job, and I I hung out, and I stayed in the same house off campus I was living with my with my friends. Um. But yeah, so that 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 was a a little bit of a shift. What was, if you don't college. mind sharing, what? Because I think that's really interesting. Because yeah, people have, whether like you said, it was totally life threatening, and or you know, that's a significant surgery to have. Um, yeah. You know, what was the moment? What happened where you said to yourself, whether you said, you know what, school's not for me. You know, what was that kind of enlightening moment that happened for you? And yeah, share with us a little bit. That's really interesting. I don't know if I'm, it's hard for me to to maybe nail it down exactly, but going okay. into college, I was very young, very fit, very excited, as most 18-year-olds are, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, was playing a lot of sports, especially on the squash team. Uh, the little the funny thing about squash is because nobody plays it. It's easy to be on a Division yeah, One team, which I was. Okay. <laughs> so that felt cool, and then. Um, and I, I was working my, my butt off to get good grades because I don't think mm-hmm. I really – I wasn't exactly excited to be there, but I was going to make the best effort that I could out of what I was mm-hmm. doing. 
And then I think it was, I think I was back freshman Christmas, and I had this pain, and then I had to basically, I slept for like two straight days. Wow. And then my father said, you probably should go to the, the hospital. And it was all fine, and then we, you know, we scheduled the surgery for spring. I had the surgery, and I opted for uh, the hundred, you know, the the best percent chance of of, uh, of fixing it, which mm-hmm. I think in hindsight was probably the wrong choice. They could have gone, um, I'm not sure what it's called, but when they just poke a little hole in you instead of cutting you open. Okay. But so anyway, so I went with the, with the just cut me open, take it out, everything. So right. then. It's actually it's quite a a long recovery time, even for a fit young person. Right. When they cut your entire stomach open, it takes a long time. Sure. You use those stomach muscles for for everything. Right. And that led to a really brief period of depression. Sure. Because uh, I was so excited about everything I was doing, uh, even though mm-hmm. I you know maybe wasn't sure why I was clear to my goals and working hard, and now all of a sudden I, I felt, um, uh, you know, like was, everything was an uphill battle. Yeah, everything's kind of at a standstill right now because you're recovering, sure. Yeah. Um, but what I did during that time was I, I wrote a lot. I got a lot of journals. Um, and I so I don't want to sound cheesy, but I guess maybe my, my mind oh. woke up a little bit creatively mm-hmm. during that time. I had a lot of time to sit around. Um, I kind of only did the things that I liked, which mm-hmm. was playing music and roller hockey. Okay. Uh, but I was lucky enough to, to live with guys that and we were in a band and we and we played constantly. Um, I wrote constantly and scribbled in my journal all the time. And then kind of when I came out from that, I did I did take like a, a half load at school. I think I took uh maybe like film interest in film or something. I took some really easy classes. Um, but I think I I remember being feeling like the college didn't care that I was there necessarily. Right. Not that not that they're supposed to. Right, but, but maybe but being no, you wanna you want to feel you want to feel a place, so to speak, in terms of right. I know what you're. I, it's hard conceptualizing what you're saying, but I can yeah, I can empathize with what you're trying to communicate. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I wasn't personally hurt by them. I mean, I see them as an institution, right. and their job is to make money. And I had nothing against my professors, but I felt right. like a number. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think combining that with the the way that I was feeling in general made it quite easy to, you know, I just, I just asked my father, I was like, hey, can, I, can we take a break? You know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to go through this. He was, you know, ex- I was extremely lucky that he was paying for it. Right. And, uh, you know, I thought I shouldn't do this the wrong way. So, mm-hmm. so, and, and he agreed. And, um, and then I can't really remember how long it took to recover, so to speak. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, in the next two years, I hung out around there and um, continued my life as a as a young man exploring other things. Okay. And what what were you doing for work when you decided to take a break from 
you know, outside of, of course, doing music and performing, yeah. um, what, what, what were you doing for work on the side? I was working at a sandwich shop. Okay, nice. Sometimes you need those types of things, like you said, just to kind of deconstruct and think about your life and, you know, what direction you want to go in. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it even crossed my mind to do anything else at that age, like 20 right. probably. I mean, you're still young. I don't know if I had any right. skills. I mean, I'd done a little construction. You know, I could mow a lawn, but uh, right. I didn't have any right. practical skills, really. Right. Okay. Um, so, so the, and the sandwich shop was great because I got I got at least two field meals at three meals a day. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's the bonus. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you take the break, which – doesn't which doesn't turn into really a break it turns into a new direction so how much longer do you stay in rochester and yeah tell us a little bit about you know transitioning into how you make it you're living are you in san francisco now california i am now yeah i'm now okay uh, you're now you mean yeah. at this time so let's, is no, this time in the story about, yeah as you as you start to transition with the story like how long were you in rochester then how do you start to meet Chuck and Mike and all the guys from the band okay. and sure. yeah, then share sure. with us a little bit about where they're all from because it looks like they were from some different areas too. Um, yeah. And what leads you? What leads you to getting out to San Francisco, or if there was other areas in between before you made your final stop, so to speak? <laughs> okay, okay. So I, I stayed at stayed in Rochester for the what would have been my full four years. Okay. Basically, just I was playing in at least three bands, um, working got myself back in shape, did the basically the, the regular college social thing uh, without going to class, which was probably okay. pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then so that, that just kind of ended the way it was. And then, then I went home for that last summer. I went on a little trip up and down the East Coast with some college friends, and I just wanted to see something new. So I had a van at the time. I had a futon in the van. I convinced a friend to drive with me uh, across the country to San Francisco where my older brother was living and just enjoy, you know, the the trip out there. So I had no plan, but I I kind of just wanted to see the West Coast. I thought maybe San Diego, maybe L.A., maybe San Francisco. Let's just go have a look. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I end up making it to San Francisco, crashing with my brother for a little while. It was right during the first um, dot-com boom in San Francisco, so it was a little exciting and intense, and I think it would have been exciting anyway, just at my age being there. Um, And then eventually got a job, found an apartment, started living, and started getting in in bands uh, whenever I could. Went to open mic sessions to meet people, started playing in blues bands, et cetera, et cetera. And that probably lasted for – I'm sorry? I'm sorry. I was just going to say real quick, what were you doing for work when you were working in San Francisco and, like you said, finding your way in the music business, so to speak? So, yeah, the first job I got was actually as a solicitor. Okay. So, I, I mean, I guess okay. that's – well, I basically went door-to-door and sold, sold coupon <laughs> oh, okay. books. Okay. So I got, I got really good at um, – thinking by receptionists and security guards. We had one that was um, specifically for a golf course, and it was a good deal. And I I got really good at sneaking past receptionists and security guards, finding mostly guys, but some some ladies, um, in their board in their cubicles in the back of these offices, and I would sell them coupon books. 
Okay. So, you know, basically discounts on driving range and sure. the price of the golf. And we also, I think we had some comedy club tickets. We had Catalina cruises. It was hilarious. And basically it was, <laughs> it was cash business and just however much you sold was how much you would get to take home. Um, I'll never forget the um, the mornings. It was like this this morning sales pitch hype-up session, you know, with all these young kids. It's just it's such a funny business. But it was really – it was actually really, really fun. Um, and I went all over the, the Bay Area pretty much to like every neighborhood, um, walking up and down the street selling these books. So I think, I think it taught me a little bit about um, not being scared to – to try something. Yeah. I don't know exactly. if I necessarily felt felt good about what I was you know? doing. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. No, I said you definitely um, be assertive and proactive and right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't I don't know if it was a, if I felt great about it, but uh, but it was fun. Right. Cool. So in addition to that, then you're, like you said, you're trying out for different bands. You're going to open mic nights. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think I was in quite a few bands. And again, I'm pretty terrible at, at remembering time. Yeah, you don't but have I want to say it was... too many details. Yeah. Okay, cool. But I want to say it was probably yeah, about. No, no, I mean... Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I think it was probably about six years. Uh, I met a guy. We moved into a warehouse to live in. And I started doing uh, event work, event production sound and lighting for weddings, corporate parties, things like that. Nice. And I met a friend of mine, the original bass player, Bernard of Burn, Dan Knight, doing that kind of work. Uh, and he's from Cleveland. He's on uh, albums one and two. Um, he was kind of the, the guy that, that made it out from Cleveland and everybody else kind of used him as a, as a beacon to follow. So then there was a, a drummer that followed, and then our current guitar player, Chuck, followed. So we started playing music. Uh, together we had a band. Uh, and it was called Swaco. Okay. And we had that, I think, for, for maybe two or three years. And we were, we were frustrated with it because um, I think everybody, everybody wanted to do their own stuff. Okay. And nobody wanted to play the other guy's song. But we put up with it because it was our band. And that, that uh, so eventually we broke up. But then Chuck, who has now become my friend, and Dan, who's, who's become my friend at this point, we decided to start a new group called Burn Never Burn. We didn't quite have the name yet, but we started a new group, and we decided to really focus on one style of music. We decided I was going to be the singer. He's going to be the guitar player. We're sticking to one style because that way we'll know, or it will keep us focused, basically. Sure, sure. And what what time period is this around now, just to get an idea? Because I know your first album you released in 2011, right? So yeah, where were, yeah where so, were we at kind of time wise? What forming? What would be Burn River Burn? Probably two years before that. Okay. All right, cool. Um, and then I don't remember exactly when we picked up Kevin, our drummer, but it was it was pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I think he he was uh, friends with 
other bands that I had played in and I had seen him play a couple times and we asked him and, and he said yes. And so we had four of us and then I think through connections, we found our original second guitar player, Ray. Um, and that's when we, we got into the, uh, that's when we got that first album done by 2011. So, so yeah, I think probably two years before that, maybe a year. Okay. And with the first album, were you guys just, did you independently do anything? Did you have a label at that time? Or was it just a, you know, again, a self-produced album that you guys put yep. out on your own? All right, cool. All us. All us. We wrote it all. We recorded it in, in the warehouse that I was living in, put it out ourselves. Okay, nice. Had our, our friends mix it. I think we paid paid some professional to master it. I think it was Mike mm-hmm. Romanowski, actually. He's, he's, he's pretty well known. Um, nice. So, yeah, all, all self-produced. Nice, cool. Um, Very cool. But going going back to and just tell me if I'm if I'm blabbing on too much. No, 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 you're but fine. Back, I don't want to interrupt okay. you, and I I feel bad because you know unfortunately we're not face to face, so that's the challenge is sometimes. So I know I can tell from your style of speech that I give you some time because you might say something else. So I don't want to interrupt okay. you either. So um, okay. yeah, so go on, and then what we'll do is before we really get into. Estonia, I want to take a break and we'll talk a little bit about Thanks for the Ride and we'll play it and, and then we'll definitely delve into Pavement and everything like that. All right, but yeah, go on. Okay, great. So this, this has just been really fun because most of the interviews I do are just a list of 10 quick quick fire questions. Thank you, so it's John. Actually, it's Thank actually you. really fun to, uh, yeah, it's really, really oh, fun right. to actually make me think about, you know, this stuff is, is fantastic. Well, I want to say thank you to you because that's the most co- that's the most frequent compliment I get, and it's cool to hear that because I do want to make it a different type of interview. I don't just want to – if I was going to do that, I might as well just do an online magazine. You know what I mean? And have the answer, right. and I'll throw it up there. <laughs> so yeah. cool. Thank you. All right. Go on. Well, so this this first album was when um, – going back to the that bit about my, my father and the opera lessons and the breathing. Mm-hmm. Um when we were writing and, and rehearsing these songs for the first album, that's when I kind of really learned to sing, I guess. Okay. Because all of a sudden I was faced with this kind of music that um, wasn't really foreign, and it wasn't foreign to me, but it was not necessarily my style, and it was loud. And I had right. to sing right. over two loud guitars, rock and drums, bass, and that's when that, that breathing kind of, I remember that, and I used it mm-hmm. um, to basically be able to survive over over that volume. Um, but then we were lucky. We were young. We had time. We rehearsed sometimes three to four times a week, um, and I built up all those singing muscles in my stomach that I never had before. I always sang from my throat before instead of from, from my gut. So that was really, really formative moment basically to realize that and so I was constantly pushing to see how what's what's a higher note I can sing today what's a how long can I hold out that note in this song um so that was um that was that was important I think when it comes to the style of burn and burn yeah yeah no I can definitely and I can see when just listening to the album we'll talk about that in a little bit but yes it definitely requires um, some breathing with the the type of music you guys are doing. And really mm-hmm. quick, just to pull in some of your influences, because you said, you know, Burn River Burn was going to be a little different than what you were used to. So what were stylistically 
you know, or some of the bands that you were listening to at that time before Burn, Ripper, Burn even formed? Right. So for me growing up, I guess in, in high school, trying to get in the band, it was anything that had a keyboard in it because that's what right. I knew how to play. Mm-hmm. So it was Elton John, The Doors, maybe a little bit of Led Zeppelin. Um, yeah, basically trying to find stuff that I could contribute on because I didn't know how to play anything else. Okay, cool. Cool. So let's do this. Let's uh, talk a little bit about Thanks for the Ride so we can feature that tonight and promote your album. And I know it's also accompanied by a music video, which I, I did watch over the weekend. Very interesting. So if you want to pull in some uh, stuff about the video, too, that was a really cool video that you guys did for it. Oh, um, cool, cool. I'm glad you yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was cool. It was definitely cool. I was kind of confused at the end because I was like, was it a dream the guy had or did he actually do it? So I thought that was kind of an interesting, at least that was my perspective. I might be totally yeah. off. <laughs> no, and, I and I, no, cool. no, that's, that's absolutely right. And we couldn't, we kind of yeah. debated many times how that video should end. Uh-huh. Um, should, should he get the girl? Should he be scorned by the girl? Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think in the end we decided it was maybe um, the most interesting way um, to make it a loop. Yeah. Like, did, yeah, did this like just it. really happen? Is he imagining being a rock mm-hmm. star at karaoke? Right. Um, right. You know, does does our song make him that excited that he might go crazy? You know, on his <laughs> on his fun night out. Right. Yeah, I thought that was great. That was great. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about that song and why did you, you know, why did you choose that as the first one, which I think is a great track. I mean, I think it's, and not that your other songs aren't, but I just think it's a very radio-friendly, you know, song, so to speak. Um, so tell us a little bit no, about thank the concept you. of it. Yeah. We, um, we've been criticized as a band uh, by some for not having all that many and I okay. think as a band, we do we do really like to get in the mood. I wouldn't I wouldn't call us stoner rock or doom rock, but mm-hmm. we really do like getting lost in a riff. And thanks for the ride was was um, you know us saying hey we we really do need some more some more party jams so to speak. Um, so we made an effort to to work on some some uh, some faster grooves. Uh, mm-hmm. To break it up and to be fun for the crowd and fun for us. Um, so we ended up writing, I can't remember the exact name of the film, but it's um, it's one of those cheesy 80s horror films. And there's actually a scene okay. where this woman's in a car and she's driving and this zombie somehow gets on the car and attacks her and basically just keeps saying, <laughs> thanks for the ride, lady. And it's... Oh, it's, it's kind of hilarious. We thought about making the video using that footage, but then we were worried that we probably didn't have permission for it. Right. So right. we ended up, ended up making the video that we did. Cool. That's a cool idea. And and really quick to tie in, um, two of the guys from the band, right, who is it, Chuck and Kevin, do they have a side project for Halloween that they do? Hold on. I have it in my notes here. Oh, yeah, right? they do, yeah. Called the... Uh, Astro Zombies, which is a Misfits covered band. Yeah, that's right. That's a that's pretty much every <laughs> Halloween. All right. Uh, and they do they yeah they they dress up in some um, glowing glowing face face paint under UV lights and uh, and uh, crush some some Misfits songs. 
Nice. So I thought that would just be a cool like place to kind of pull that in because I was going to ask you about it a little yeah, later yeah, on, totally. but since you're talking about zombies and horror movies and thanks for the ride having this kind of symbolic, you know, feature. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. So, but um, outside of remembering that zombie image in this horror movie, does it have any symbolism for you guys in terms of thanks for the ride or no? It was just like you said, more of a party song that you guys wanted to make to have this upbeat track on your album. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, I have to admit, I guess some, some of our songs, I, I usually write the lyrics on all the time we, we share. Um, sometimes they're just explorations of ideas and sometimes they're, they're really meaningful. Um, I do, I do think this thanks for the ride one was just, it was really about having fun and capturing the idea of the, the silly concept and, and uh, feeling of the characters in that in that segment. Right. Okay, that's cool. Cool. All right, so let's do this. I'll put you on hold. We'll check out Thanks for the Ride, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the new album and signing with Pavement and all that good stuff. All right? Sounds great. Okay, hold on, John. All right, everyone, you're listening to the vocalist John Patterson from Burn River Burn. We're going to check out their hit single right now titled Thanks for the Ride. It is off of their album Macedonia, which is out right now. So definitely download a copy of it or pick a copy of it up today. And we'll be back in a moment.
and welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show again. Thanks for the ride off of Burn River Burns' album, Newstonia, and it is out right now, so definitely pick up a copy, check these guys out, follow them on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter, and uh, definitely friend these guys, and as I said, pick up a copy of their album. Let's bring John back on. All right, John, cool song. Really, really like it. Very catchy hooks. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool stuff. So just to tell you a little bit about some of my personal favorites I liked off of your album, and then we'll get into it. I definitely like The Rift is cool. Um, Waiting I really liked. Into the Vein is great. So, yeah, you got some really cool tracks, and I think, like I said in the beginning when I introduced you guys, it's very eclectic and diverse. Um, So if you want to start talking a little bit about, was that one of the challenges when you were trying to find a label? As you said, people say you don't have whatever songs that are, are radio-friendly, so to speak, or however you want to, you know, conceptualize it? I don't think, I don't think we, we worried so much about being radio-friendly ever. I mean, I, like I said, right, we right. did, we did, yeah, no, totally, we, but we did, we did, like, right, thanks for the ride to have more, um, more of a party pleaser for a live show, um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's become, become one of our, our favorite tracks to play, for sure. But when I, when I think, I, I I just love I love this band because we've always done everything organically, which mm-hmm. kind of the, the the thing I said earlier about when we decided it was only going to be about one genre, even though I'm sure we could span a few genres now. It just really really helped focus, um, at least for us, a style. And it was great sure. because, in the, especially in the beginning, you know, we'd, we'd write something and say, "Oh, that's cool," but nope, doesn't fit. Burn, never burn. Um, and I don't know. I I, I struggle to describe our sound, and I'm I'm glad that you think it, it's varied and and thick. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah. but we just have we have so much fun just trying trying new stuff, and then still trying to keep it within our vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have Thanks for the Ride and Into the Vein. Uh, the Rift is kind of an interesting one. I mean, there's there's almost no vocals in that in that tune. Right. And it, I know. it is there's one riff like over and over and over. In. Right. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but I do like it when it kicks in. So yeah, I I did notice that initially. I was like, maybe it's just an instrumental. <laughs> but then, yeah. right as I listened to it, it wasn't until almost you know halfway through, even maybe a little later than that that the vocals, um, you know, do come to the surface. So, yeah, it's a cool track, though. And and while we're on the topic of that one, you also are working on a video, correct, for that one right now? Yeah, I think it's pretty much done. I think I have a, maybe, like, okay. one or two more edits to do. We're going to have a little okay. uh, a little re- release party on Wednesday, actually, to show it uh, here nice. in San Francisco. Yeah. Great. Cool. So, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Nustonia. So, when did you guys start recording it, would you say? Or or when did you start writing for it, so to speak? And how long did it take you to, you know, put it together? That that album was a really slow burn. Mm-hmm. Um, we wrote a lot of songs. Uh, and then we, you know, we just keep, keep trying them live, uh, try them on tour. Um, man, I really can't remember how long it takes. It took, but I, I'm going to say probably four years mm-hmm. to finally get it done. I think we, we wow. struggled a lot to decide which songs to 
to put on there. I think we were also super excited about writing and just in a really good phase. We we left maybe eight or nine songs that we could have done on that album we didn't do. Um, so yeah, it, it took a while. It took a while for us to, to commit to the songs we wanted to put on it, but for good reason. Sure. Sure. And um, who produced, where did you record this album? Who produced and mixed it? Pulling some of that technical stuff. So that album we actually did um, in our in our rehearsal space, um, the kind of the complex where there is. There's a, a guy with a, a studio at the end of the hall, and we did the we did the drums there, and the rest okay. of the guys basically recorded through simulators. Oh wow! And then we went back to our room and did the guitar parts and bass parts one at a time um, until we until we got it done. No, it was it was the first way we'd done an album like that. Um, okay, interesting. So I think, yeah. Cool. There's some, so, some benefits, meaning, meaning you can keep trying stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and you got to do what feels comfortable, like you said. You don't just want to rush things and throw things together and, you know, you want to keep, like you said, I'll pull in your word organic, you know, and you want to keep the process in that direction. Um, I, I think it was a little bit of a, a financial issue, too, at the time. Because studios, um, a real good studio sure. is totally worth the money, but it's a little bit expensive, and we just didn't have it at the time. Right, right. So how did you guys, um, well, let's bring in, what is, tell, tell us a little bit about what does Newstonia mean? What is the, you know, what's the meaning or symbolism with that word? Uh, Newstonia is basically the, the, the consummate Viking conquest song. Oh, okay. For us. It's um okay. you know so we it's it's a it's a, it's a imaginary land full of full of conquerors. <laughs> okay. uh, and maybe I guess that's <laughs> symbolically what you guys are. You're conquering in some way the music industry and conquering in a way bringing in a different sound that might not always fit everywhere or like you said might just have a hard time. And I think that's cool about you guys because it's not just this cookie cutter kind of doing the same thing that's already out there. Um, so, again, I think that makes you guys stand out. Well, thank you. That that sounds great to me. I love the way you described that. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, but I think that I like the symbolism of the conquering, and you guys are conquering on many different levels, so to speak, which is really cool. <laughs> um, right. How did So how did you come to the attention of Pavement, or did you guys, you know, did they reach out to you? Were you shipping stuff out to different, you know, labels? so to speak, to see who might gravitate or show interest? So I, I'm going to say that, that um, I, we, knew, we, knew we, needed, we knew we needed help. Mm-hmm. And we, we needed um, help get our, our stuff out there, um, all of the promotional opportunities, and just basically a, a much, you know, a, a good company that knows what they're doing to help us out. And we, we searched for a couple, and um, we got in contact with Pavement, and everything seemed to make sense. We liked um, we liked their vibe, um, and so so we've been we've been really happy. Um, we're excited to to basically just just keep pushing as hard as we can. Like we're all we're all can't help but be committed to this, basically just out of love. Like it's the thing that we love to do. So uh, so yeah, we're right. excited to be with with Pavement and. Um, Hopefully we can make great things together. That's great. When did you guys sign with them? Again, you're asking the guy that's terrible about timing. 
Uh, but I think I think well, what, I think I mean, it was, was it, I think it was, was a year, year ago. <laughs> I think it was a year ago. Yeah, I think it was a year ago. Okay, okay. Um, well, I was gonna say, but then, was like you know, and then and then there was ago. time. <laughs> no, no, and then there, there was time to plan everything out and plan out everything. Sure. Okay. Like that, yeah. Okay. So at least a year you've been working with them. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I've like I said, I worked with Barbara, the PR person, and even um, one of the daughters that uh, from the guy that runs it. I can't Mark right now. I can't even think of names. It's been a long day working. Um, Mark Navarro. And yeah, I mean, they're just great. I've always had a lot yeah. of success, and they're easy to work with, and they're professional. And yeah, so yeah. many good things to say about them from a different end that I'm coming from. So that's great. Awesome. Um, cool. So what do you guys, let's see, what do you guys have in store? Do you have any shows coming up? What's what's going on with this album? Did you say tours? Yeah, no, shows. No, I said, yeah. Oh, shows, yeah. Shows so, coming yeah. up in terms we, of, yeah. So we are definitely in the process of trying to plan, um, a, you know, a tour to support um, this album uh, with – hopefully with pavement artists, but wherever we can get our opportunities. Um, so we're, we're really trying to get something, something going for the fall. It's getting a little bit late, but we definitely already have a, a bunch of shows on the books, at least locally cool. that are, uh, that are excellent venues for us here in the city. So those should be great shows. Um, but yeah, the plan is to, to get out and make sure people can, can hear us because I don't know, this it's, I'm really, really proud of our of our album, and I think it's great. But I think it's also with our kind of music, um, the live the live show brings brings a little something extra to it too. Mhm. Nice, nice. Um, and speaking a little bit about the album too, and the cover artwork, you know, tell us a little bit about the name of the band. I think that's interesting that it had something to do with, if I'm correct. I mean, this is what I had done in my <laughs> research that it was. There was a fire or something, a big fire in, in a river back in Ohio in the '60s, and is that yeah. what the name? So um, was? I think if you yeah, if you well if, sure sure for um, it's actually one of the, one of the few songs that I've written all by myself. It's on the first first album, and it's called "Burn River Burn," and okay. our bass player actually actually has them has like a, a little little speak monologue part in the middle that uh that kind of explains it all. I think it's okay. the the, the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and I think I think it caught on fire multiple times, maybe five or six times, starting since maybe the Industrial Revolution. But the final time that it caught on fire in 1969, it was the, uh, the basically the thing that that caused them to start the the EPA, Environmental Protection okay. Agency. They said this okay. is just ridiculous. We need to, right. to do something about the levels of pollution in our in our towns. Mm-hmm. So um, you can see that in in uh, in we have a, a couple of logos, but one of them is it's fire on top, water on the bottom. So it very much Cuyahoga River and um, and the fire. Okay. And how? What was it about? When? How did you get the name now for the band? In terms of Burn River Burn, of course, it's relating to that fire. Um, what was it about that was sim- that was symbolic for you guys? Well, I think coming out of a band it can be really difficult sometimes. Sure. I've, I've mm-hmm. been in many bands, and, and usually people settle and say, well, I guess that's okay. Uh, but I'm going to give this one all to Chuck, and I think 
Dan, both both Cleveland guys. I don't remember, to be honest, exactly how we got on that one. We probably had a list, um, but okay. that one made clear sense because mm-hmm. it, it had that story, and uh, and we thought it sounded cool. Cool, cool, very cool. So, what about real quick outside of music? Any other interesting interests you guys have? Hobbies and you know, please feel free to pull in some of the members, the other members of the band, if they, I don't know, like video games or reading books or, you know, doing something interesting on the side. Oh, let me see. I'm not, I'm not so sure about that. We do we do spend plenty of time together, but we're okay. always immersed in, in the music. Music. I mean, I've, I've right. gone, I've gone camp, camping with a couple of the guys before. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, I can't. I don't know if I can really say anything about their individual hobbies. Okay. Anything in terms of what do you guys each do? Do you do music full time right now? Anything you could pull in on the side? What you guys do for jobs in addition to music? Uh, well, so many of us have many jobs. Um, okay. But I would I would say that most of us, all of us actually, are in what you would call the new gig economy in mm-hmm. San Francisco. And that's to maximize our time to be free to play music and be on tour. It's tough when you have a, a full-time job. You might get two weeks sure. vacation. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe if you're lucky, you can get unpaid leave. Um, right. But that's usually usually not the case. So most of us kind of keep right. it keep it day to day and um, okay. Yeah, do do things like I do, like work in the events business or. Um, consult or things like that. Nice. Nice. Cool. All right. Yeah. So anything else that you'd like to share, John, feel free. If you want to plug where you guys can be found, plug the album. Um, That'd be great. And then we'll wrap things up. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you so much for having me. It's been been really, really fun. Um, You're welcome. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of, of the new Stony album. Uh, It has, it has a lot of, uh, all of our real feelings in it, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just I'm just proud to have made it. And I just I just hope that people will enjoy it as much as I do. I hope that uh, that we can bring fun, uh, make make people ideas, and 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 just get down and rock out. And so please please do listen to Nisoni. Check it out. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, John. You're always welcome back on. If you guys have new music coming out, new singles, anything like that, we could always talk about setting up an interview and doing some other stuff. So it's great having you on, and I wish you so much success with the album, you and the guys in the band. All right. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. And if you want to, um, there's a podcast of my interview after it's done, so it recycles within about 10 minutes. So feel free to share the same link um, that you put on your okay. Facebook page. And, th- and thank you for doing that. Um, yeah, feel okay, free to share it. So if people couldn't tune into the live interview, they could download it and listen to it at their convenience. Will do. Okay. Thank you so much, All right. John. All right. Thanks, Have a great night. Bye-bye. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. John Patterson from the hard rock band Burn River Burn. And uh, check these guys out. We did a full hour interview tonight talking about their new album, Newstonia, and he shared some really 
interesting information about just his life growing up, some of the things that he's encountered. So check it out. Really, really cool in-depth interview with John tonight. And pick up a copy of their album, Newstonia. It's out right now. And as I mentioned, you can follow these guys on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So thank you for tuning in. Always appreciate it. If you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Carrie Edelman. And you can follow The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook, as well as if you want to befriend me on Facebook. Um, I have two personal pages. Just find the one that's not maxed out. Again, appreciate the support. Please check out all the amazing artists, musicians, comedians, filmmakers, and more that I've interviewed. Done about 220-plus interviews. And as John mentioned tonight, which I greatly appreciate, my interviews really are different from any other. I'm not going to just throw a bunch of questions at you. We're really going to make it a cool conversation style interview and bring some interesting things in about the um, artists that I interview. So thanks so much for tuning in and have a great night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.